Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am so thrilled to introduce you to Denise. Denise was appointed in 2013 as the president and CEO of Colleges and Institutes Canada. Denise has been involved in policy and programs in social, scientific, economic, and cultural areas in several federal departments, Human Resources Development Canada, National Defense, Natural Resources Canada, Indigenous and Northern Affairs, Canadian Heritage, the Public Service Commission, and the Canada Public Service Agency. She sits on two international boards, Qatar Foundation and the World Federation of Colleges and Polytechnics, and on three national boards, recently joined Pallet, who recently, if you've heard, got $250 million for some upskilling work to do, Canada Science Policy Center, and Forum for International Trade Training. She is the incoming chair, and she sits on one provincial board, Montfort Hospital. Denise has extensive leadership development experience. She is certified in professional coaching and has been leading leadership development institutes for more than nine years and has received several national and international leadership awards. Woo! Denise, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Darian. So those that don't know the term like Colleges and Institutes Canada, who does that encompass? Who, Who are members? Who do you kind of oversee? Okay. In fact, it's all the public colleges across the country or private colleges that receive public funding. So we are in 700 locations across the country, and it includes what we call colleges. It includes all the polytechnics. It includes the CEGEPs or what we call the Institute, Institute of Justice, Marine Institute, Institute of Nursing, And it also includes the French institutions, English institutions, or French as a minority language, or like in the rest of uh, in the rest of Canada, as well as the same thing for English language institutions in Quebec. And it also includes indigenous education, indigenous institutions at the post-secondary level as well. So that's why we, uh, the 700 locations are all geolocated and we are able to say that 95% of Canadians live within 50 kilometers of one of our campus and 86% of Indigenous live within 50 kilometers of one of our campus. That is incredible. That's amazing. And, And tell me about the origin story. How did you get to be in the role you are today? (laughs) It's a long story. And, uh, you know, I could tell you, oh, it's because of a headhunter that approached me when I was the CEO of the three national science museums. Mm -hmm. But I I like to say that, in fact, it's my entire career prepared me for that job because I'm an educator. That's how I started my career. 
I worked in a department of education in the Northwest Territories. Mm -hmm. And then I joined the federal government. And during that time, as you know, it's one of the largest employer, if not the largest employer in the country. But I had the chance to work in social area, economic area, cultural area, and scientific areas. Mm -hmm. And so it meant that I worked in quite a few federal departments. And in my current role, I touch all those aspects. I touch things about indigenous education, natural resources, recruitment of, of uh, students or graduates. So, and I knew all the players basically <laughs> because I had worked with them at one point or I had met them at different meetings. So, and because we do a lot of uh, advocacy also with the federal departments, I guess the board thought that it was a good fit because of this uh, background. It's not a typical background of a public servant, and it's not a typical background of someone in a position like mine. So it's like if I combined uh, many careers in one life. (laughs) That is amazing. And what does kind of a day-to-day look like? What's kind of your uh, your, your role? Yes, like before that? before I answer that, yeah. I, I have to tell you yeah. my discovery of the college system. Yeah, please, please. Because I believe I was at the time, was I at the museum or maybe I was assistant deputy minister in one of the federal department. I started to be on the board mm. of Algonquin College. Okay, nice here in Ottawa. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I remember when I would come back, I would say to my husband, oh my God, you should know what they do in colleges. Mm. Wow, this is just amazing. Yeah. And then I would have another board meeting. And again, I would come back and I would attend the events. And I was really, really thrilled with what was happening. And what happened on top of it is that when the headhunter contacted me for the job, he told me, you know, that, you know, you seems to have the profile. But I said, look, I love my job at the museums. I'm not looking for something. And he said, let's have lunch. And then I thought, wow, you mean I could do that all day? Mm. What I have seen at the board level. And uh, we also work in 25 countries around the world wow. and uh, where we help other countries to improve the quality of their post-secondary education system. And we do that with the support of colleges in Canada. Wow, that is incredible. And so with that, what does what a day look like? You, I know you, we, I've actually stayed in the same building as your office in downtown Ottawa. Yes, so, yeah, what yeah. a day looks like. Yeah. There's not a single day that looks the same. Yeah. It all depends. I have, of course, a number of meetings. Mm-hmm. I do also a number of visits in our institutions yeah. to ensure that I'm very familiar with what are the issues, the challenges, what are their uh, success stories, mm-hmm. what are the best practices, 
and so that I'm able to connect. I call myself a connector in my job because I link people. Sometimes I link files, and this is something that is very important. I approach government a number of times, either with ideas or needs for change of policies. We have a number of advisory committees also that we have put in place I have, of course, for me, my team is very important. So I also meet with with them. Mm -hmm. I'm pleased to report that we made it to top employer. And so we're very, very proud of it because for me, the development of my people is very important. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's that's amazing. Uh, And a big question we get, especially from our listeners, many of them went to post-secondary, some of them went to some form of institution. But today, 2023 and beyond, what role do post-secondary schools play in getting students access to micro-credentials? And, and tell me about what the term upskilling means to you. Okay, so I have to say the term micro-credential is relatively new, maybe six, seven years now. It has exploded during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I should tell you that colleges and institutes have always been in the offering of short courses or short programs, because we do that with employers all the time. They approach us to develop something specific for their employees. And it can vary. Sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's two days, sometimes it's a week. And so we've always have been in that business. And of course, when micro-credentials started, we we were laughing because we thought hey we it's it's a new name but the big difference with micro credential is that there is more and more reality that people have that you know what it's not enough to just go to post secondary and then it's finished for life and then you retire, you never went back to post-secondary because things are changing a lot, whether it's automations or new ways of doing things, new equipment or new research that has been done that shows that, you know, so it, it doesn't stop. So that's how the micro-credentials, I believe, have exploded so much. It's good also for people that already have skills, but they need to upgrade or to upskills what they have. Or it could be good for people that have been displaced by their job because of automations or other reasons, but now they need to train in other fields in order to be marketable. And what's happening is that we developed, as you know, uh, education is of provincial territorial jurisdiction. And at one point, my members told me, Denise, there's an issue here because right now, Everybody mentions micro-credentials, but sometimes it's an orange, sometimes it's an apple, sometimes it's a banana, and sometimes it's a carrot. So please help us because, as you know, we don't have a federal ministry of education. So what we did, we canvassed all our members to look at who had micro-credentials, what were the characteristics of micro-credentials that they have, what should it be also, because we saw some discrepancies at sometimes. 
We also canvassed employers to find out what was needed, what was important for employers with respect to micro-credentials. And we came up with a framework. It's a seven guiding principles, very, very simple, where we we are defining what's a micro-credentials and what are its characteristics. So that now when we talk about micro-credentials, we talk about the same thing. We have the same language. And one thing that I want to insist on, we insisted on, and this was the request of both employers and members, that a micro-credentials is not defined by a certain number of hours. It could be a one-day micro-credentials, but it could be something also that lasts two weeks that is a micro-credentials. And... Uh, The big characteristics, it has to answer a specific need of an employer of the industry, of uh, a specific, specific uh, need for training. It's not just someone that think about, you know, it would be good to do this. No. And the, the best example of that is what we did during the pandemic. One of our college, after one week, develop a micro-credentials, how to test people, because at the time there was a shortage of people to to test for COVID. And so other thing that we said for micro-credentials, as I said, not linked to the number of hours, but it has to be linked with competencies. It's about competencies that will be developed. And it needs to be assessed, because if it is not assessed formally, then it is not micro-credentials. And we insisted also to ensure that they could be portable and that they could be stackable because we felt that this was important. And it is to follow the normal institutional approval process to ensure its quality. Because right now, there are all kinds of micro-credentials that are popping up out there. But You know, you need to check at the rigor, at the quality of those micro-credentials. And what we saw during the pandemic is that more and more of those micro-credentials became available online. And we saw that, in fact, there was way more people that were interested in those because they could take it when they had the time to take those at their leisure. They could take it from home, from the cottage, no matter from where, and then they were able to pursue. So a very, very good way to upgrade or to upscale if you want. That's amazing. And and when you look at micro-credentials, what can be done as far as like we work in marketing and advertising and we have someone who submits a resume or a LinkedIn link, where do you go to verify that these are legitimate micro-credentials? Because again, everyone and their cousin and their sister and someone's aunt is creating them. So what is uh, what, are, what was your organization doing to kind of work on that? So as I said, one of the main challenge with micro-credentials is that Canada has no federal ministry of education, so mm-hmm. you don't have that. So what I, I would say, make sure that you, you take your micro-credentials from accredited institutions. This is extremely, extremely, extremely important where you can trust 
the quality of the program. You can trust also the quality of delivery, and it will also be recognized mm. by uh, employer. This is very, very important because us, as I said, the micro-credentials that have been developed by our members, uh, they were developed with employers to ensure that it answered specific needs that they had to develop specific competencies. And so people can look on our website, for example, they would see this list and we keep updating the list because I don't think there's a week that there's not a new micro-credentials that have been developed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's amazing. So I am I'm a member of the Digital Marketing Sector Council. So there's just over, I think, 2,400 members now from our industry. If we yeah. wanted to approach hey, one of your members to say, hey, we want to, yeah. this is what we're looking for in the people we're hiring. Yeah. How, how does one do that? And how does one maybe as an industry trade council work with a, yeah. a school to do that? Okay. Yeah, there are different ways. You can do it at the national level okay. with us. Oh, amazing. Because especially if it is a need that exists, like we have developed a salt-free curriculum, yep. for example, uh, because it's a big issue, salt in food. Yep. Uh, we have developed different types of things. Or if it is more a local need, a specific need for one employer, you literally knock on the door of the college. uh, You approach the the continuing education section of that department. That's the key. That's the door. Because they're quick and Um, fast, right? Is what. Yes, absolutely. And they can develop something for you very, very quickly. Ourselves, my own association as approach different colleges to develop specific training. Like for our staff at one point during COVID, we said, look, do you have some training for our managers how to manage online? And we had some sessions that we got online for our staff during COVID. And it was offered by Algonquin College, for example, yeah, That's La Cité can do it. Any college across the country can do that for you. Okay. So, and as the sector council, so approach via LinkedIn or email on the website, yeah. just go for it. Okay. Amazing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's very, very easy. As I said, if it is national, yeah. you approach us. Okay. And if you don't have funding, we go together to uh, convince the federal government that, you know, there's a need for a national project. Yeah. And if it is something, it could be provincial also, if it is a specific issue yeah. that is for a given province and or very local. Yeah. Incredible. And that's why when we were created 52 years mm-hmm. ago, the college system, yeah. it was to support the communities. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And we also have applied research that can help entrepreneur or industry, but that could be another podcast. 
Yeah. No, that's that's incredible. So we also have a lot of students who listen to the show. Some actually professors actually play the shows for students as far as further reading or in class. Students in university, college, polytechnic <laughs> institution right now. What's your advice to them as far as doing school and, and staying it out? Or, or, or where should they be focusing their energy when they're in school right now to get a degree? Where should they be focusing their yeah. energy. Yeah, when it comes okay. to like getting the degree, getting a job, okay. getting out into the workforce. So make sure that what you study, you like it. That's my first advice. Yeah. You need to be passionate because if not, change program. Yeah. There are 10,000 programs that you can choose from. So, you know, don't stick to a place that you you don't like. You need to, to like it. Mm-hmm. Make sure that the program that you take as a work-integrated learning component to make sure that you will be able to practice Mm -hmm. what you have done. And characteristics of all our programs is that you have a work-integrated learning. So, and often the the people where you do your internship, they may offer you a job right away. Make sure it's quality education, it's accredited. Often people go in some programs that, you know, may be faster to do, but unfortunately there's no internships and they come out and it was not accredited, Mm. unfortunately. And then they have to start all over and they spend a lot of, of money. Look at the, on the website, what's the job placement of those programs? Because for us, it's compulsory to write the job placement. And I'm proud to say that the job placement for our graduates is 91% within six months. Wow. And the level of satisfaction of employers is 93%. Is this right across the board from all your... your It's across the country. Wow. Across the country. And the secret sauce, why it's like that in our colleges and institutes. It's because when we develop programs, we develop them with a program advisory committee. So there are 10,000 of those across the country and they meet once or twice a year. And to update the program, to ensure that, you know, they looked at the the curriculum, they look at the equipment, they talk about the competencies, they talk about the trends, and they talk about internships. And they talk about what are the essential competencies. And if we see at one point that, you know, it looks like this year, it was 83%. We immediately question the program. What's happening? What do we need to fix? And then we fix it and it increased to uh, 93% at least. That's amazing. Who does those surveys or how do you get those out to groups? Those surveys, in fact, are done by our members. They have to have those surveys and they have to report on those. Uh, And in each province, it's very, it, it is checked to ensure that it is being done. And the the way it works is that the the employers are very present Mm -hmm. and they ensure good, good quality. And that's why we have so many students now, they come to us. I think we uh, now our average is 
I'm going by memory, okay? Yeah. So I may be off of a couple of percentage. Yeah. But if I recall well, it's 47% of our students wow. that arrive with already post-secondary. Okay. They already have attended a post-secondary. Yeah. Yeah. 34% already have either a diploma or a certificate or a degree. Huh. So we are, have a lot of university students in our institution. Yeah. And one program that is very, very popular, yeah. or a program that, in fact, I should say, or credentials, yeah. that's a better word, yeah. is called postgrad certificate. Okay. And postgrad certificates is eight months plus an internship. It's very, very focused, very specialized. And the only reason we started to offer this was at the request of the industry. The industry asked us to do that because they were saying, look, I would love to have a graduate from administration, but I want someone that has a specialty in data analytics. Yes. Or I want someone that knows about also artificial intelligence mm-hmm. or that knows about marketing. Yeah. So you take those two together and suddenly you become very, very marketable. Yeah. So because of that, we have a lot of university students yeah. because what we teach is hands-on. Mm. It's very practical. So it means that when you arrive on the job market, you already walk, if not run. Wow, that's incredible. You, I, I feel like so much hope and so encouraged by your passion and yes, vision. Yes, and I, I, I really think there's a recognition more and more of the role of colleges. And because, you know, when you see the variety of people, the average age of our students is 27 yeah. years old. Yeah. And, you know, we have programs in, in such a big variety. I don't think there's a field where we are not, I remember when I worked at what we used to call the HRDC, Human Resources Development Canada. We used to say from a cradle to grades, what we were doing in that department. But us, it's the same thing because we have training in neonatal care. And we also have programs in thanatology which is the art of embalming corpses. Wow. Okay, so uh, of course now, you know, we use different means with respect to people that have passed away, but we are in a lot of areas. And on our website now, again, because that's a challenge sometimes for people, they have to go either college by college, or in some provinces, they they centralize it in in one area, but not always in all the provinces. So that's why on our website now, you can see the different programs. And we know it's good at about 90, what did my team told me? I think they said 98.9% or something like that. And so I always say to our members, look, if you're not there, let us know because, yeah. you know, it's it's maybe the 
the words that you use didn't make it in the... Uh, there they are areas like if you think about environment right now, yep. uh, environment is so big because of the big issues of climate change. Not only do we teach about those things in all our programs, but we also have specialized programs. Yeah. I think we have about, is it a thousand or two thousand yeah. of those specifically around environment, climate change and things like that. Yeah. Oh, and some very, very uh, specialized. That's amazing. Switching gears, speaking of upskilling and training, you recently joined the board of Pallet, which is very exciting. The news just made recently of the $250 million investment from the federal government. Tell us about that. Tell us why you're excited to be on the board and what you're hoping for Pallet to do. It's very exciting because it is solving real problem that exists right now of people that have been displaced, for example, and that need to have a quick upskilling in a specific field. And uh, this is really the future mm. because first of all, more and more people work longer and longer. Yeah. So, and it means that you, you constantly need, and because the, the jobs change, yeah. the equipment change, everything change. Yeah. So it means that upskilling is the future. Mm. You know, if you, you spend one year without studying something, mm you already begin to be obsolete, unfortunately. Not maybe not at 100%, yeah. but already you're losing your your game, if yeah. you want. So yeah. you always have to look at what is it that you can yeah. learn. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and the rollout of that and the, the working with post-secondary, what does that look like with Palette? Or does it kind of, there? are they still working out the details at the moment? Yes, yes, of course. And as you know, the announcement was recently made mm -hmm. and with a new branding also. Yeah. And of course, now there will be a call made to the post-secondary sector to ask them who is interested in partnering and for specific areas and I think it will be very, very exciting. And of course, there will be also sharing of best practices to find out, you know, what works best. Yeah, that's incredible. That's very, very exciting. So uh, last piece here, what are you most excited about in the next kind of six months rollout wise when it comes to education and training and upskilling? What, do, what, do you, what gets you excited? What gets you up in the morning? You know, the focus more and more on the sustainable development goals. I see an evolution. I think we are now at 50 of our members that have signed the Sustainable Development Goals Accord. Mm. I believe that it is our responsibility to take care of people, take care of the planet. Yeah. And this means that we need to look at different aspects. It doesn't mean you have to look at the 17 sustainable development goals, but you have to look at which one make more sense for us and how can we up the ante, how can we up the game if you want, and what role can we play that will make a difference? Because you know what, at the end of the day, if we don't do it, the students will request it and they will say, how come? And they will go to study in a place that 
is caring mm. about those aspects. So that's what is exciting because I feel that, you know, you, you include in that notions of, of course, climate change, notions of equity, diversity, mm. and inclusions, yeah. notions of decent housing, decent work. And so for me, I believe that, you know, can you imagine if all the institutions, whether it's elementary, high school, post-secondary, would all say, okay, what can I do Hmm. on the sustainable development goals? Because, you know, those goals, we have seven years and a half left to meet those goals. So we need to really work together and we all need to, uh, to do that because nobody, nobody should be left behind. It's incredible. Well, on that note, thank you for being here. This was inspiring, so helpful. It gave a lot of good things to think about. Really appreciate it. It was a pleasure, Darian. Everyone, thank you for joining us on this episode of Marketing News Canada. Denise, wow, lots to think about here. It gives me lots of hope for this next generation of learners. And so excited to see what Palette rolls out in this coming couple of years. Thanks again, Denise. And we'll see you everyone on the next show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.